Good morning, everybody. Good evening. Um, boom. So Fry's has a digital coupon that uh, I got this for five bucks, right at about five, six bucks. And it's a lot of candy, and it's the good candy. But only one more day. So if you're going to do it, it'll be today. You'll have to, uh, you'll have to go buy the candy today. But yesterday, I went and got uh, 20, well, I paid $20, and then the little thing on there said you saved 30 bucks. So I paid less than <laughs> half. I, I went to the prize on Union Hills, but there's a prize everywhere, you know. That's the one I went because it's by the church. But, but I usually uh, like my fries because I know where everything is. But I, I just, just a little advertisement because there's only one more day. And, uh, and make sure they give the discount because the lady said uh, she had me check it and make sure that they got it. And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, 10 bucks went to $5. That's awesome. So uh, we, we wanted to give you a live demonstration and show you. Uh, how easy it is, and I've, I've actually got those in the fridge. Now, on your paper, it says um, uh, chapter 3, but that's not where we're reading from. That was just a mistake. The scripture is right, but we're reading from uh, Daniel chapter 4, verse uh, 27. So if you're, if you're turning there, or even on your paper, if you can fix it and just say Daniel 4, 27. What we do is we do these on templates, and so sometimes last week's references on there even though we've changed some stuff so that's how it happens but I want you to um, you know know where we are Daniel chapter 4 verse 27 I'm just going to read it and then we're going to get in uh, to the word here this morning so let's do that all right therefore O king let my counsel be acceptable to you break off your sins by practicing righteousness and your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed that there may perhaps be a lengthening of your prosperity. Let's pray. God, we thank you, Lord. We pray that you'd open our eyes, that we can see, and that you would open our ears, that we can hear. God, speak to us. Lord, speak to us this morning. Speak through your servants, Lord. And and God, we give you praise and we give you honor. Glorify your name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. This, this subject's a tough one because um, you struggle, you can struggle with what King Nebuchadnezzar struggled with. Every human struggles with it to a point. Uh, if you don't believe that, go uh, up to any tree in the forest or any rock in a, in a great uh, hiking area, and you'll see, Jamie was here. Uh, Ruth and Jimmy love each other. And, and there want, everybody wants to leave a mark. They want to be known. That's not necessarily a bad thing. They want to have... Um, but, but, but what, where it gets bad is when you want to be God of your kingdom. And we're looking at Nebuchadnezzar, but, man, there's, there's uh, so many kingdoms that we want to be God of. Maybe Lord of our home, uh, 
Lord, in our uh, workplace, and we want to be the, it's our kingdom, and nobody should mess it up. And there's, there's things that we struggle. Now, we're talking here about Daniel, but chapter 4, you guys ready for this? Chapter 4 is written by Nebuchadnezzar. So if you read the whole chapter, I'm, of course, again, going to tell it to you because if we read it, uh, I've seen people blank out and everything, so I wanna, I'm going to make this story lively for you. But this story is written by King Nebuchadnezzar. So he, he starts it by praising God and saying how awesome God is. And then he says, here's what happened. I had a dream, I had a vision on my bed, and, 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 and it really troubled me. So he said, I brought in all the magicians, which he called Daniel a magician. Do you guys remember um, what we said about Daniel? Is The first thing that they did was rename Daniel. So we believe Daniel means God is my judge. But the first thing that Nebuchadnezzar did was named him Belteshazzar, and he says it in the letter, as he's writing the letter, I named him, Lady, protect the king after my God. So, Lady, protect the king. Changing the gender of uh, Daniel, changing who Daniel is, when Daniel says, God is my judge. So, that, that's kind of a precursor for what we're going through here. He still calls him Belteshazzar. He says he's one of the magi magicians and and sorcerers, and he says that he comes in and he tells Daniel, because nobody could interpret it, and he thought Daniel for sure is going to. And when he tells it to Daniel, Daniel is really, really troubled, because here's the vision, here's what he said. He said, I saw a huge tree on the earth, just growing up, boom, huge tree. I like to think of some of the trees in Africa that are just you know, where they, they spread out and they're just huge. If you guys know what I'm talking about, I don't even know the name of them, but like their, their branches are gigantic. Well, this was even bigger. He said, you could see this from the whole earth. It was huge and the leaves were beautiful, he said, and the fruit was delicious and all flesh from all over the world came and ate from this tree. Now, do you guys remember chapter one, two, three? Uh, chapter 1 starves, Nebuchadnezzar starves Jerusalem out, goes 500 miles, takes the best stuff, everything they have, and the best wisdom guys, everybody. They travel 500 miles, they get there, and we've got Daniel, uh, Hazari, um, you know, Michelle. We've got the, the, the great guys uh, of the Bible. And so he brings them in, and he, he, he makes them help him in his kingdom. So he has went all over the world and dominated kingdoms. In fact, at this time, I think he was turned away in Greece. And that's uh, where you get that uh, Spartan thing, where the Spartans turned him away for a brief time. He sent ships over there and he was turned away. But he, his branches, his, his government reached out. And at this time, he was an incredible ruler. I mean, Yes, he took places by force, but the places that he took thrived once he was there. And, and he, uh, by the way, you know how I started off? Uh, Jamie was here. <laughs> he put uh, Nebuchadnezzar II on every brick 
that they put in uh, as they built the, rebuilt the town in Babylon and everything in this huge town. And so his name was on every brick. I guess he had a little bit of a, a pride problem, it sounds like. So he, did, he sees this huge tree, and then uh, a voice comes from heaven, a watcher, and comes and cuts the tree in half, puts uh, bind steel over it in bronze, does not pluck it up from the roots, and it stays there for uh, seven years. And he tells this prophecy, and you can read it in your Bible, and he tells this to Daniel. And then Daniel goes, man, that troubles me. And he said, don't let this trouble you. And he said, well, it troubles me, and let me tell you why. Because it's for your enemies. It's for those that hate you. Because here's the interpretation. You are that tree. And one day you lose your kingdom, and in fact, you will, you will be uh, for seven years outside, and, 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 and you will have feathers like, like a bird, and, and, and you will be, you, you will, your mind will be lost. And he basically explains you're going to lose your kingdom for seven years, and he said, here's what needs to happen. And then we read verse 27. And verse 27 is our jump-off scripture, and uh, what it says is, Therefore, O king, let my counsel be accepted to you. Break off your sins by practicing righteousness and your iniquities by showing mercy to the press, that there uh, may perhaps be a lengthening of your prosperity. I remember... Um, and I've told this story in this church before where things were really kind of exploding uh, in the ministry and spiritually for Stephanie and I when we were around 30. And, and, uh, and I had this little uh, lump that Steph wanted to me have a look at, which I did when I was in the Air Force in my 20s. And uh, they said, ah, that ain't a big deal. Well, when they looked at it, it was cancer. And so they, they got aggressive and and I remember that um, over four more surgeries later, uh, I was excited about the, the, the size of Youth Group to 100 people or so that we'd gotten. Um, incredible different things that were happening. People wanted me to speak and stuff. And within about four surgeries in a few months, I was on my back and uh, ho uh, helpless for about a year. And it was, and I'm not saying it's the same thing, but have you ever, ever thought you could do a lot of stuff and then one day you just woke up and you weren't able to even turn the light bulb on or something? Has anybody ever experienced that but me? Do you understand what I'm saying? That, that one day, just, just like that, and, and the king had done some incredible stuff. In fact, it's, it's reported by people that, he had done one of the seven wonders of the world, which was the hanging gardens, which is the gardens that he made for his wife, which was an incredible thing. But even if he didn't do that, the structures and the buildings and everything that was there was incredible. His administrative skills were off the hook. I mean, he was doing an incredible job. And 
Daniel warns him, be careful. Well, 12 months passed. I'm sure uh, the next day he woke up and he's like, I humbly dedicate this building in the name of Nebuchadnezzar. I know I had to have a lot of help and there was a lot of people that helped me. Day, uh, the, maybe two weeks later, you know, a few people helped me on this project. It was out of my vision, but they did it, so I'm glad they did it. And then 12 months later, <laughs> he's walking on the, uh, the top of the housetop, and they are at the pinnacle, bringing in gold and riches. Do you guys remember last week? They made the 8-foot, 70-foot gold statue of him. So the guy is bawling, and he's looking up on the, the, uh, his roof, and he's looking around, and he's going... I did this. In fact, um, we can go to the scripture. In fact, oh, I'm sorry, you've got a little hint out there, don't you? Number one, God rules no matter how much we think we do. God rules no matter how much we think we do. Look at verse 30. And the king answered and said, is not this great Babylon which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence for the glory of, your, uh, of my majesty? While the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven. O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you. Let's look at that again. By my mighty power as a royal residence, and for the glory of my majesty. Pride. In fact, let me, let me read to you a definition of pride. Pride is to be high, arrogant, to be better than. It's both attitude and a type of conduct. It shifts ultimate confidence from God to self. It shifts ultimate confidence from God to self. I've met in my life some incredible creative people. Today, in this building, we have incredible, you guys have done awesome stuff, incredible stuff. Um, that's not the issue. The issue is not that Nebuchadnezzar built an incredible city, that he did a lot of things. The issue is, is that Nebuchadnezzar went from interdependency to independence. Let me explain that. Independence is the cousin of pride. Pride is the issue that me, 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 go back to the garden. Okay, man fell in the garden because he disobeyed God because the serpent told Eve, you will become on level and above God. As we journey through this life, we start to believe that we know better than a lot of people. And sometimes we struggle that we know better than God. So we go from a interdependency. God, thank you. This is, my, this is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for my daily bread. Thank you for what you've given me. To I 
have done this today. If you guys didn't have me, nothing would get done around here at this house. It's me. <laughs> Somebody said that's right. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, it, 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 you know, I'm the only one that can do it. And we, we start to break away, and sometimes it can be, be uh, some uh, innocent things, and it could be different reasons, but we think that we are independent, that, that, that we're on our own, and if this world's going to shape up, they're going to need me to shape them up. I'm telling you, pastors fall into this. Uh, every human falls into this, where you believe that you have to change and, and make people do the right thing. When God said, I'll be their God. Now, point number one is this. God rules no matter how much we think we do. On the balcony... Nebuchadnezzar began to sing praises to himself. And it was bathed in pride and independence. And the moment that he did that, a voice came from heaven and spoke to him. And we looked at it right now in verse uh, 31. While the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven. O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you is it spoken, the kingdom has departed from you, and you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beast of the field, and you shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and seven periods of time shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. Point number two. There... Uh, Revelation, sorry, revelation comes through brokenness. Revelation comes through brokenness. How do I put this? As a King Nebuchadnezzar and with pride, in my past, my family and maybe even church people when I was younger, I would try to give them revelation by breaking them. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? You might... Uh, make them feel bad, uh, you know, um, preach, you know, to them that, you know, real strong that they're doing wrong and make them feel really bad. Do you it's tell your kids, um, if you don't do that, you might give me a heart attack. And, I might die. And, and, and try different ways to conjure brokenness. I, I want to be real clear on this. We don't conjure up brokenness. We are not God. And I have done this with my kids and with other people. When you guys have me pray, sometimes I pray, God, whatever it takes. Is anybody listening? Because a lot of times, to spare the brokenness of someone else, we try to intervene and help them from getting broken what we think they should be broken. And we don't allow God to do his work on their lives. And when you are broken, David, King David, he was a king in the Bible, and he, he sinned against God, and he covered it up. He killed the wife's husband. He covered it up. He thought it was done. And a priest came in, and he said, 
David, you've done this. And David said, yeah, it should be death. And then David threw his, himself on the floor and he was broken before God because the brokenness of the revelation brought him to a point where he's seeing what he had really done against God. And uh, I was in my bed after the uh, last surgery uh, on my back again. And uh, I was under a lot of pain because I'd actually, uh, on this time, I'd have blood on my brain. And I was in so much pain, I felt like sumo wrestlers were sitting on my head. And it was a terrible thing. And I said, I had the, the TV playing or Christian uh, program, music or something. And I said, oh, that's awesome. But I'm like, my arm's broken. And I can't do anything with it. It was all wrapped up. I'm like, mad at God. <laughs> and I said, if you want to be praised, you're going to have to do it. And then a few hours later, I woke up and both of my hands are up and I'm praising God and speaking in a different language. Now, let me explain that to you. He is doing it anyway. Nebuchadnezzar, he's in charge. He's allowed you to take over these kingdoms. He's allowed you to build these structures. He's allowed this to happen. God is in charge. But when you start thinking that it's you and nobody can do it without you, there becomes this pride, independent problem that separates and pulls you away as did in the garden. And God says, Adam, Eve, where are you? Adam says, we're hiding because we're naked. And God says, who told you you're naked? Revelation comes through our brokenness and interdependency and openness to God, who God then will reveal his true purpose in us. Have you ever got to the point where you felt that this place can't run without me? Man, there's no way. And if you do get to that point, sometimes you get knocked down. Because God says, I can do it. Did you know God can reach this whole community? Do you know that he can save these guys? He can get them off of drugs, off their heroin addiction. God can do it. Amen. We have the privilege of being used by him. But God can do it through us or without us. So Nebuchadnezzar hears this word, goes crazy, and he's down. And, um, man, this is real to me. We have a lady, I won't say her name. We have a lady in this community. And she's lived here for a long time and uh, has a daughter and uh, uh, had a good life. And I talked to people there in this neighborhood. And ever since, I've been here around eight years, ever since I've been here, she's been uh, uh, homeless and by choice. And something happened uh, with drugs and everything, but she lost uh, who she was and and once in a while when I talk to her here when we feed her and give her stuff she'll tell me about the past like that she used to run a business and people and stuff and then 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 she loses it again and 
I, I, I see that happening in Nebuchadnezzar where this guy was the king. People were asking him for everything. He was the leader. He was the CEO. And then all of a sudden, they, they're, they're following him, and he's out eating grass. And they're like, King, what should we do about uh, in Asia and, and uh, Gog and Magog and all those places, wherever? What should we do? And he's like, and he's eating grass. Can I, can I just put a precursor in there? I'll get those other points out. We'll get them done. Because we're getting to those points, and it looks like the thing that I want to put in here is those points. Can we just thank God for every breath we take? Every, every thought that it makes sense <laughs> to God be the glory. I mean, I've seen brains and how they uh, are, are put together, and I've seen the, the skewing and the patterns of brains that's caused a deterioration or a different kind of behavior modification in people. And I say, why, God? I don't understand this. But I can say this. Thank you, God, for sound mind. Thank you, God, for a sound body. Thank you for the breath that we had this morning. And I want to thank God for healing. I feel healed right now. Number three, there is no hole so deep that Jesus cannot pull you out of. Verse 34 says, He lifted his eyes toward heaven and his sanity was restored. In uh, Luke, it says about the uh, prodigal son that he had, you know, wasted all that his dad had. He told his dad to die. I want my inheritance. His dad didn't die, but he gave him his inheritance. He, he spent it on prostitutes and living. And it says that he was so poor that he was eating the husk of the corn that the pigs were eating. And my favorite verse in there is, and it says, one day it says, he came to himself. And here it's specific. It said, he looked toward heaven. I have a revelation for you this morning. Turn your eyes on Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strangely dead in the light of his glory and grace. When you look at Jesus, there's you, you, all you can see are the husk. All you can see is the grass that you're eating. All you can see is your problems and what you're, you're, you're involved in. But when you turn your eyes to Jesus, he turned his eyes to heaven. And at that moment, it broke. Glory to God. Here we go. Look at this. Lifted his eyes toward heaven and sanity was restored. From king to animal to king again. Number four, Jesus Christ's kingdom. We have an S there, but his kingdom will last forever. Jesus Christ's kingdom will last forever. Verse 34 through 37, I'm going to read to you. And the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven. And my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High, praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does according to his will. 
among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? Verse 35, at the same time, my reason returned to me and for the glory of my kingdom and my majesty and splendor returned to me, my counselors and my Lord sought me and I was established in my kingdom, and still more greatness is added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, for all his works are right, and his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. 2 Peter 1.11 says, For in this way there will be richly provided for you entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 45, it said that a stone was cut from a mountain and the stone was taken and crushed all of the kingdoms, which we know the kingdoms to be later. He was prophesying kingdom of Alexander, the kingdom of Rome. All of those kingdoms were crushed by the rock 2,000 years ago, not by force or by, uh, uh, by killing people and hanging them to a cross, but by the king himself allowing him to be hanged on a cross and dying for our sins. He won the eternal kingdom, which is internal kingdom. Napoleon said, Charlemagne, Caesar, we have won our kingdoms by force, but our kingdoms will pass away. But Jesus Christ's kingdom will never pass away. When Nebuchadnezzar was prophesying and saying, thank you for the kingdom, because he'd already been told by Daniel in chapter two about what was going to happen because he was the gold head. Then there was the bronze uh, um, chest, and then there was the steel. And he was already told that that rock would come and bust that uh, statue, and those kingdoms would bow before the kingdom. That's why in your notes I have Jesus Christ. The answer to the question is Jesus. Yeah. If you need to write anything and you never know what you should write in those blanks, write Jesus. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Here it is, number five. Yeah, number five. Thank you for that. Number five, give Jesus Christ the glory he deserves. Give Jesus Christ the glory he deserves. Verse 34, for his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. His works are right, and his ways are just. Jesus Christ's kingdom conquers the kingdom of prideful man. In the last few centuries, we've seen that rulers, especially in the invention of uh, media, we've seen that rulers have uh, figured out what Jesus did is the, is the way to go, except they do it wrongly. And 
You have to conquer the kingdom inside before you conquer the kingdom outside. Um, you know, the little boy that you put in the corner, you made him sit in the corner. He said, well, I'm sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. <laughs> and kingdoms fall and topple because um, they are not conquered from within. Jesus Christ came on a foil, a donkey, sitting on the side, coming down to Jerusalem, died for Jerusalem. And those that accepted him, you got to be careful the way I say this, would on the outside look like they were accepting a weak king. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because he didn't come like Peter would have liked and cut the guy's ear off. He didn't come uh, killing Caesar. He didn't come violently. He didn't take it over. But he gave up his life. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Nebuchadnezzar, if you would please just do some righteous things and quit putting your name on every brick <laughs> and, and quit saying how great you are because we have a commandment um, that Moses gave us. He gave us 10 commandments and there's one commandment that God started with. He wanted everybody to know about it really, 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 really well. That's why he started with it. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Our God is all we need. Our God is God whether we believe it or not. And our God rules whether we believe it or not. You're here right now because God has guided and directed you. Now all you have to say is, God, I thank you. I give you praise. I worship you. And what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to reach people for you? We love you, Jesus. Can we give God the glory and, and tell him that this kingdom is his kingdom? The kingdom has come. I'm going to do that. So would you stand with me? And if, and if you want to pray that, you can pray with me. Thank you, Lord, for your kingdom. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in our lives right now. In every individual, your kingdom, Lord. As we go into the next two songs, Lord, I pray over communion. Open communion, Lord, that you will bless it. Lord, I pray that you will bless that which is, represents your body, Jesus. It was broken for us. And that which represents the blood that was shed for the remission of our sins. Lord, right now, I say that I'm in your kingdom. You are my king, Jesus. You are my king. You have called us by name. Babylon has tried to rename us, but you have called us by name. Lord, I worship you, and we thank you, Lord. Let's begin to worship him in, in music this morning. Let's just worship him. Thank you, Lord.